From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue and completed, now available Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. In this week's episode, we talk to Ben Burns, solo developer of the just-released indie game Color Jumper, to discuss the process of releasing your game to the world. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Okay, take two. <laughs> We <laughs> I can't use my rye jokes. <laughs> Just remember everything you said the first time. Yeah, so yeah. listeners, we yeah, we had a false start, uh, which was my fault. But uh, here we are with Ben Burns. Yay! Um, can, uh, give us a lot of information about his recently released game, Color Jumper, which yes. we know a bit about because we played it on a nice play yes. a couple weeks ago. So listeners, if you haven't watched that yet, um, maybe take a pause on this one. Go back, watch us or watch me fumble through it for 18 minutes <laughs> and then come back, yeah. uh, you know, or whatever you want. We'll, we'll wait. For you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, we wanted to talk about uh, releasing a game because you just released yours. I did. And uh, um, uh, we, and Stephen and I in particular, because we've been working on our games for so long, mm-hmm. um, are every week more and more self-conscious that we haven't <laughs> released it yet. And so truth is, is once our games are done, we want to, we both need to be in a real good position to actually get it out there. And so mm-hmm. we thought we talked to someone who did it recently. Yeah, well, I when people say that they're the last ten percent is another ninety percent, that's pretty true. Yeah, oh, wow. I, um, <laughs> I've I've found that out. Even though the game was complete, there was a lot of setup on Steam, mm-hmm. a lot of marketing that I'm still doing. Yeah, um, but it's 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 a never ending process, but it's rewarding. It's yeah. fun. It's 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 cool to go out and see. Some people play the game. Like right. I haven't made a billion sales or anything like that, <laughs> but it's been it's been cool to watch, you know, let's plays. Yeah. And, yeah. and stuff like that. Watch people learn the game organically again. Because mm-hmm. um I've played it a lot over the last two years. So we've played it quite a bit too. It's been at playtests. Yes. Yeah. It like has. every play almost every playtest since for the last been- year i think i've been year? here every mm-hmm. every month for yeah, a year which, cool. which is cool and you did a really smart thing when you brought it in for playtesting is um like steve and i both have multiplayer games so we'd set it up on a big television and a bunch of controllers mm-hmm. um but you brought in two laptops yeah because it's a single player experience and so two people could play and like it, you, you got probably more feedback setting it up that way i did yeah um i i don't know how to develop a multiplayer game but <laughs> <laughs> as a solo developer i don't really know what i could do with that yeah <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna have to figure that out at some point because I have some ideas for like multiplayer uh-huh. kind of single screen games. And so. now you can like you these ideas have probably been building the past couple oh, of years, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the other problem that I had where I um I really wanted to start making other games, but I know that if I did, I would never finish Color Jumper. Right. Yeah. So I had to like force myself to just write everything down. <laughs> yeah. Write everything down yeah. and I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. truly the plight of the game developer. Ugh, yeah. Ideas. <laughs> Too many ideas. <laughs> Uh, so before we get into the nitty gritty of like those final steps, that last ten yeah, percent, yeah, definitely. Um, just give us some detail. When did the game come out? How's it doing? Okay, well, Color Jumper came out November first. I released it at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get it out before the Christmas rush, yeah, because it would just get buried then. Sure, and um, it's doing all right. Mm-hmm. Like not a ton of sales, but again, marketing is such a huge problem. Right? Yeah, yeah, especially as a solo, you know, indie developer. Just in general, it's really difficult to get the word out. So right. yeah, you have to be sort of realistic about your expectations yeah. with the amount of resources you have. But like, 
I don't know. I hope I have an attitude similar to yours, which is that when my game is out, if anybody plays it, I will yeah. be happy. Because that seems to yeah. be your attitude. I mean, yeah. like you, like you say, it's not a, a big hit, but, peop, but people are buying it, right? Yeah, yeah. people are buying it. People are playing it. People are enjoying it. At least, you know, I haven't really heard any super negative reviews on yeah. it, aside from the, the general art style, but that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, Partially because I didn't really know in Unity how to um, do all of those those fancy you know sprites and, and all the shaders yeah. and all that stuff yet. Uh, when I started the game, and um, partially because I like the simple art style. I don't yeah, know if you're yeah. familiar with the game 140, which is uh, 40. It's kind of an abstract platformer similar to Color Jumper, except it's more like music and rhythm based. it's, yeah. it's super oh, cool. cool, and um, that's that's one of the inspirations. Um, hmm. And there's another game called Ink. Which uh, is another oh, yeah. you, you've heard of that one, um, which is another one that kind of inspired Color Jumper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aside from Super Meat Boy, which is where a lot of the um, mechanics and like the controls came from. Yeah, I and mean, when I played it, that's definitely the sort of feel I got from it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, it is it is unique to itself, and not just for the the core mechanic of it is unique, mm-hmm. but it it one of the 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 notes I had at the end of our nice plays was just like how nice the jumping feels, mm. oh, yeah. which is like, that is the thing you can't get wrong. Yeah. Aside <laughs> a, from the controller a, issues precis- that you had. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a bummer, but <laughs> well, we worked through it. Like that's a, it's a, yeah. it's actually a good test because if a precision platformer, if you suffer from that nice, it still had a pretty good time with it. So yeah, uh, it was pretty good. But, um, yeah, like you were saying, the negative comments come from like the art style that you chose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really, it's just people who disagree with you. Yeah, right? yeah. it's not like there was any problem you need to fix. Yeah, exactly. Right? And like as and any kind of creator, you want to learn that you can't please everybody. Yep. Yeah, very yep. very early on in, in your <laughs> creative career, because you can't please everybody, and right, if you right. try, you're going to either drive yourself crazy or mm-hmm. bankrupt. It's the twenty sixty twenty rule, where twenty percent of people will hate everything you do. <laughs> And 20% of the people will love everything you do. And so the people you have to win over are those 60% in the middle. I like that. I like that a lot. It seems like a real generous estimate of the people who pay attention <laughs> and have an opinion at all on your work. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would love to get like 595. Like that would be, I would just, I would kill for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so getting that attention, you're, you're marketing the game now, mm-hmm. you're getting it out. Like uh, what's the process there? How's that, how's that working for you? I've been trying a lot of different things because I don't really know know what works and what doesn't Mm -hmm. um the first thing i did when the game came out is i got a key mailer account which Mm -hmm. is basically what that does is it aggregates it 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 allows you to connect with streamers and youtubers and i've had i've had very mixed results with that i've had a lot of requests from people who are obviously spammers who will Uh, will just go and resell the key yeah so there's there's a lot of uh a lot of work that goes into even just finding if somebody is a legitimate you know streamer or youtuber and right even if you do give them a key, there's no guarantee that they'll play the game on stream. Exactly. They might just want it for themselves or whatever. So I have mixed feelings on Keymailer. I think that it's a really good service, but I don't know if it really helped me. <laughs> I see, I see. Um, aside from that, it's it's useful because if I, I mean, you get a lot of emails after you release something on Steam because that, that email address is public. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you get a lot of emails from people like, hi, my videogame.com website really wants to do a review. Can you give me 20 keys of your game? And it's like, well, you can go to Keymailer and submit a request there. So yeah. you can just kind of like boot people off somewhere oh, I see. else. Okay. That, and then the people who like know, you know, are trying to run a hustle, they won't, they won't then bother, they bother won't, you. They won't follow through. Yeah, and then yeah. it's just like, you can, you can kind of dismiss them without mm-hmm. being rude. Just in case if for some reason one of these people are, they don't like speak good English. They they can just go there and then yeah. they can get it through a legitimate means. So. Yeah, yeah, right. Because it, it's funny. That's such a weird problem that I wouldn't have expected to have. But like thinking it out, it 
because yeah, you, you're like, oh, whatever. Most of these are fake, but I want to get it mm-hmm. out, and who cares? Like you, the problem is, is it's not you're not giving it away to people. You, people will then sell it yeah. on, on a on a gray market right. for lower than market value, yeah. and then those people, then people will buy it. You just won't yeah, get any money. You won't get any money. Yeah, and I think Color Jumper currently has two keys that are available on a gray market website. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did a search like a couple days ago, and I'm like, oh man. I didn't yeah. do as good of a job as I thought. Yeah. Well, hey, that's a that's a mark of success, if anything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how much how much marketing did you do before the game was released? Not as much as I should have. Yeah. Um, there's a couple things that I was doing during development, um, where I basically took a uh, screenshot or a GIF every you know every time I posted something interesting, I mm-hmm. saved that, mm-hmm. and I actually uh, uploaded a, a 115 GIF imager album oh okay and i posted that on reddit and that actually got some good traction i don't know if Mm -hmm. it got any sales out of it the problem with all of this is that you can get good traction you can get lots of good responses but that doesn't really translate into sales right yeah and i'm learning that um necessarily good feedback from looking at something doesn't mean somebody's going to go and buy it Mm. oh okay it's uh, useful to know yeah and and that's not like that's not going to be like it's not doom and gloom it's you know it's just kind of the nature of how this stuff goes right. yeah. you know you, you get people's attention but it doesn't necessarily con- convince them to buy yeah. something i suppose at the end of the day the more people you have the more yeah you will get yeah and sales. and something that i've been realizing is that marketing is more about letting people know you exist mm. more so than trying to convince them that like the game is good or the product is good because if people know that you exist, the more they see that, the more it reinforces them to be like, oh, maybe I should try that out. Because <laughs> right, right. like, really the only thing, like word of mouth is way different than marketing because that's like a recommendation. But marketing, like especially cold marketing where you're talking about just talking to strangers, um, you're just trying to remind them that you exist. Yeah. yeah. Really. And that's right, the Give best them the option do. to choose you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you, you post on Reddit, you post on Twitter, you, mm-hmm. you just try to get your screenshots and your videos and your everything out there as far as possible. Just to remind them that you exist and maybe somebody's bored on a Saturday night or something. That's like, right. Oh, that, I did. I do remember seeing that game. It looked kind of neat. So maybe I'll go try it out. And mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's a long con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you, you basically just have to keep working on it. And, yeah. you know, eventually you get traction. And it's, it's so tough. I mean, we, you know, we've tried to promote this show, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, how many people see the tweet? How many people click the link? And yeah. how many people download an episode? Yeah. And it, it's because like order of magnitude yeah. smaller at each stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And then like how many of those people then subscribe? Yeah. Right. And how many of those people fill out the feedback form? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like it, it, the, you know, when you don't have that volume yeah. or you don't have the money to do like a, like an actual advertising campaign. Yeah. It is you are you rely on luck a lot, right? Yeah, and that, it's, that's it's, it's so it can be. I bet it's disheartening, right? It can be, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's why you want to go into this. I, I don't can't remember if this is the first take we were talking about this or not, but <laughs> where you you go into this not expecting to be a millionaire when you come out of it, yeah. Where mm-hmm. you, you're doing this for the love of the art rather than you know the love of the paycheck, because it like especially any creative stuff on the internet these days, if you're doing it for money, you're probably going to be very disappointed yeah. in a couple months. Right. <laughs> so it's like I color jumper for me was a uh, process of learning how to use unity, mm-hmm. how to just get familiar with C sharp. Cause I was familiar with other languages, but not C sharp, just kind of get familiar with how to make and release a game. I want to do that in six months. It took two years. <laughs> um, you know what? For expectations versus reality, not a bad ratio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. I'm, I'm not complaining about that, especially because Color Jumper initially was going to be like 20 levels and just yeah. like, this is the mechanics, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But it turned out neat. People liked it. And so I just kept going with it. Yeah. So. yeah. I'm interested. Tell me about this process. Like, what, 
What was your uh, background as a designer, as a developer before? And what was the thing that got you to say like, well, I'm, I guess I'm going to learn C Sharp and Unity now? Um, well, I, I've been actually making games since I was a kid. Okay. Um, when I was very, very little, I made uh, really bad games in QBasic. Lovely. On my <laughs> Commodore 64. Um, eventually, I graduated to an IBM 386. So I, I'm, I'm very old. <laughs> so, um, but they weren't very good games. They were mm-hmm. just like, you know, walk around a town, just a lot of text or whatever. Sure, and, sure. Um, I kind of took a break from that. I always have had a background in programming. Uh, when I wasn't, uh, or when I was in college, I uh, did graphic design, which kind of translates to web design. So you get like JavaScript and CSS and kind of the more light programming languages like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a visual designer and you want to yeah. learn how to code, just take a web job. Yeah. Like, H- you'll eventually HTML, have to learn it. Yeah. HTML and JavaScript, you can get you a very long way in mm-hmm. teaching you how to code. Mm. Um, and when I got my current job, uh, I work at a uh, bank. I do uh, basically application development now. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, at my current job, one of my friends worked there with me, and he started using Unity. And he's like, "This is pretty cool. You should give it a try." So I had always wanted to make games, and yeah. it's one of those things where now the the tools are available yeah. and they're right. free. Yeah, and right. you know, there's no reason not to at least try it. It's mm-hmm. much more so, accessible than it was in the past. Yeah, right? yeah. So I made a couple false starts with random games, and um, then I kind of just thought of the idea for Color Jumper. Like one day, I don't really know. Is just you know, you have that text file full of just junk ideas, and sometimes <laughs> you write down something cool, right? And um, I, I tried it, and the um, coding. The mechanics for Color Jumper is kind of a nightmare um, <laughs> because you know the the platforms are solid, very very deterministically, right? All, depending yeah. on the character. Well, and how uh, all that for works. listeners who don't know uh, the, you oh, know, and yeah, why wouldn't yeah. they? But, <laughs> yeah, what's uh, wrong with you? Go ahead and give us an elevator pitch, because sure. well, I'm sure you're practiced in it now. Oh yeah, definitely. Color Jumper is a precision platformer uh, similar to Super Meat Boy uh, with puzzle color matching elements. Um, which means that your character is, has, uh, is a square and has a uh, different color on each side. And the environment of the level changes depending on uh, which way you're facing. Um, so platforms are solid when you are matching the colors, yellow to yellow or green to green. Um, there are like lasers and traps and stuff like that that require you to match colors in a certain way. And uh, that's pretty much it. It just gets more and more complicated from there. And I said it on the nice on the nice place, but I'm just very impressed by the the game mechanic and how much you pushed that in the. Oh, thank you. Like how how like how much you got out of that? Just one little thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, if if there's like bonus levels after you beat the game, there's I I tried to do just a random weird mechanic in mm-hmm. each one just to, mm-hmm. just to test because what I want to do in the game is release like level packs, you know, down the line. Yeah. And um, if any of those mechanics, like there's one, have you ever played the game V V V V V V? Oh, I love that or game. Whatever. Yeah. There's there's one level where every time you hit space, you flip gravity mm-hmm. instead of just rotate. You so instead of jumping, you you rotate and flip gravity. Ah. And I made a level around that. And it's very hard, but it's, <laughs> it's 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 really cool to see how flexible like that that entire mechanic can be. Like mm-hmm. how you can just stretch it out and just do crazy things with it. Yeah. One of the um, things I love about Color Jumper is the mechanic is so refined and simple. Mm-hmm. That all I think all of the real genius in your game is your level design. Oh, thank you. As it scales, as you go up it, like all of that is brilliant. And yeah. I, I love I love that you're excited about making more of it, even though you yeah. really want to move on to the next game. Right? I, I I do, and I'm I like it's it's kind of a 
<laughs> tug of war right now where I really want to start a new game, but I kind of want to finish the ideas that I had in the other one mm-hmm. in Color Jumper because I set myself a very strict deadline where it's like, if I don't release this game, I'm never going to release this game. Right. So I gave myself the deadline of November 1st. And um, when did you give yourself that deadline? Um, I think in September or August. Like I gave myself a couple months. Okay. And like I knew the game was done, mm-hmm. but I there's there's still a couple things that I wanted to um, that I wanted to take care of. Yeah. And I've I've been taking care of those. I added basically a, it's a, a ghost mode where basically it records your best run of that level and then it replays that. So you can um, if you're a speedrunner, you can refine your run of that oh. particular level. Oh, so you can, you can find the right paths that are the fastest. Yeah. And stuff like yeah. that. What else did I add? Um, more languages. I'm actually working on a French and Russian translation right now. Oh, great. And um, I'm hoping to add a couple more before before I'm done with that. There's and, not a lot of text. Oh, I guess the titles. of all The, of the mm-hmm. menus and the titles and stuff like that. There yeah, isn't yeah. a lot of text. And that's, that's something that was very valuable to me, mm-hmm. um, where I wanted to teach the game in a very text-free environment, uh, both because I think it's better for universally understanding how the game works. Like, Teaching through failure in in this case because you know if when you die in the game you restart super super fast yeah yeah so um, teaching through failure is very important but um, also it's a lot cheaper <laughs> to translate a game with like two hundred words in it yeah yeah so it's funny I, I've had a similar concept with my game where I just wanted to have text be mostly limited to menus mm-hmm. and then but my game has this like uh, charting system at the end where you see all the stats of how you performed mm-hmm. and so I came with this set of iconography to explain what these things were. It's not working. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm going to have to give up and actually put a lot more text in it. Um, but I had the same idea. I just my game design uh, it broke through that wall of it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm glad that you actually were able to make that work. Yeah. Because I'm not looking forward to all the work I'm going to actually have to do that if I really want to support <laughs> multiple languages. Yeah. And I did not when I started this. Uh, the only languages I had were the U.S. and the the U.K. So they spelled color correctly with the O.U. Because oh, I, I have a lot of friends in the U.K. and yeah. they always told me that I spelled it wrong. Yeah. The game title, so I added a, a menu option just as a joke for them to switch between the color with the O and the OU. That's great. Um, well, they spell it wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that's, 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 actually, that's an interesting sort of uh, side path we can go on. Yeah, like, sure. um, I know that when you release an app in uh, like like uh, Apple's App Store, mm-hmm. uh, you register a, a name in every region, mm-hmm. and it can, they can be different. Mm-hmm. Is that something you you did? For color jumper, is it no. actually called color jumper in? in <laughs> no, I did that mostly as a joke. Oh, I see. Okay, it's, it's and I think that those little Easter eggs are kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a hook to bring people into the game. You can like yeah. post a gif of that or something, and people are like, oh, that's funny. Ha ha! I should check it out. Yeah, yeah. And um, I I just left it in because it was funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like there's no reason why not. Like as an indie developer, you can do whatever the heck you want. So, yeah. You know, there's no reason not to. That's true. That's true. So my my big question is. Yeah. Did you, did you feel successful after like releasing your game? Does it feel? Do you feel accomplished? I feel different. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's good. Like again, it's not the the sales that I wanted as much as just the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm still gonna keep making games, whether or not the the traction of Color Jumper picks up. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, it's you know another passive revenue stream that you know you get you know, a couple bucks a month or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know just keep rolling off that. So. It's I I do feel like it was a success, a success overall. That's so, good. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. It is, and again, like the mindset of going into the the whole process of the I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a millionaire. I'm not gonna retire off this or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean that the whole indie climate is so different than it was ten years ago. Right, where you, you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like if I released this game like eight years ago, maybe maybe, but yeah, not right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I went into the whole process with a different mindset just being like i'm just trying to learn i just want to get out there and the more games you release 
the more you know chances you have to get picked up. And I, I, I say this a lot, but like Rovio, uh, Angry Birds was like their 50th game or right. something. Yeah. And it's just like, you just got to keep, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yep, so. yep. Definitely. So what was the, what was the process like releasing it on uh, steam and a lot such? more work than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's just a lot of um, not necessarily paperwork, but a lot of setup. Mm. Um, setting up the store, setting up the back end, the um, the build paths, like the build areas, like a, you have a test build area and a and a public build area, and um, just making sure all of that's properly set up, getting the Steamworks integrated with mm. the uh, with the achievements and some of that other stuff. So there's a lot of uh, stuff that I wasn't expecting, and okay. I, like some people who were probably better prepared probably could knock it out in a weekend, but since I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, it took me a couple weeks, mm. um, but I, I found a lot of fun in programming achievements. Uh, really, just, yeah. just because like just, we, we got one during the nice place. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which one did you get? I can't remember. It was I think it was died a lot. It probably oh. had to be <laughs> yeah perseverance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Died twenty <laughs> times on a level and then beat it. Um, so yeah, how long did you take to to put in the Steamwork stuff? Um, it was probably a week or two total. Okay. And, See, that feels like really that feels like great to me. I, yeah. Like uh, in in my game, um, implementing Steamworks, like I was just looking at it and I'm thinking, like, this is going to take me <laughs> two months at least. No, like, no, and I mean, um, my game is wasn't just was isn't as conducive to it as yours was. It, it's possible. Yeah. Like I've, I've I was constantly surprised at how flexible the system that I built was, like with the game controller and how yeah. everything was linked up because I hadn't programmed a game in C sharp really before, right. and I it it's still a tangled mess. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, <laughs> I was I was glad at how flexible it was when I wanted to add like those weird mechanics like the yeah. gravity shifting and stuff at the end where all I had to do was like flip one or two var- variables. Mm-hmm. Um, but with achievements and stuff like that, it was it was a bit of a, a work. I had yeah. uh, a couple friends who had gone through the process before help me out with that, which was invaluable. Oh, nice. Um, but there is a framework uh, called Face Punch Steamworks mm-hmm. that uh, works very well with Unity. Um, oh, so it's another third party. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, that's interesting. Because okay. the problem with Steamworks is that it's written in C plus oh. plus. So you need you need uh, kind of a, a middleman to talk and translate yeah, yeah. between the two. And you can do it if you really were crazy. You could do it all by yourself, right. like in Unity. But you, there's no reason not to import a library and just have yeah. that do all the heavy lifting for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend looking up. I, I think Steamworks has its own Unity library, which I think they're updating. Soon, but mm-hmm. the face punch one is is really slick. Like right, right. It it worked, and that's really all I cared about. <laughs> I there's a, there's a lot of things that I wanted to do. I wanted to do most things in Color Jumper by myself, but um, that kind of stuff was way out of my league, and I knew it. Yeah. So yeah. I just I just let them do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, learning to not reinvent the wheel is one of yeah. the things as a developer. Everyone takes a little longer than they think to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah I, I guess I was lucky because I was a musician or I am a musician. So I'm kind of familiar with the creative process and how, um, how it can really slow you down sometimes. Yeah. And you just need to learn when to throw in the towel and, and get a library or get something to help, help you along and right, when to right. not just rely on your own wits because that does, <laughs> that can get you everywhere. Unfortunately. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's the creative process again. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, talk, I talk about creativity all the time. Mm-hmm. I can talk about that stuff forever. Right, because you have a stream. I right? do. That's you. What I I haven't actually watched your stream before. My oh, brother yeah. watches it all the time. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. He's, he's on there uh, yep. pretty much every week, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What what kind of other things do you talk about on your stream? Um, well, I have a YouTube series called Creative Exploration. Okay. Uh, which is where I actually talk about creativity and I talk about how um, to, you know, better yourself as not only a creative person but as a creative business. Mm-hmm. Because it's important to not just think about creativity as, you know, you know artsy-fartsy, just do whatever you want. But if you want to make money... Being, being creative and doing creative things, you have to treat it like a business, which yeah. is difficult as a creative person mm-hmm. because it's so, I'm going to use the $5 word, ephemeral mm-hmm. um, for creativity, but business is very, very direct and very, it's not like regulated like in the same way, but you have like rules that you should probably follow yeah. just for your own sanity. Yeah. When I talk about the creative stuff and creative exploration, I talk like one of the more recent ones was talking about being remarkable, having your own story having something that people can talk about uh, that, that they can remark about um, to help build that word of mouth. Because if you don't have that story, you're just another guy or girl. <laughs> um, or a person. Or a person, yes. <laughs> or a turtle. Or a turtle. <laughs> exactly. So if, if you don't have a story, if you don't have peop- something that people can talk about, it's really hard for people to, and I use the word gossip mm-hmm. about you because gossip is very, very gossip gives you um, like standing in a tribal sense in, in a in a community and in, in like a circle of friends. Like if you have information that other people don't, you have an advantage over them. And that's that's like a little psychology, but <laughs> um, like gossip is super important mm-hmm. uh, to that kind of stuff. So if if you are unique in some way, that is gossip to other people and that they can go out and tell other people because it's interesting and right. people want to hear interesting things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, I, I like talking about creative stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's cool. But to get back to your point, on the stream, I do a two-hour track challenge on Wednesdays, which is where I sit down and write a song from start to finish in two hours. Oh. Um, I usually do it on Wednesdays, but we were, we were doing the recording right. this on Wednesday. <laughs> so I, I did it yesterday. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, so I am primarily a musician. I, uh, I write music. I've written music for about 20 years now. I, do, I started doing music for video games about five years ago. Or so, yeah. The two-hour track challenge is just something where I force myself to make something every week mm-hmm. because if I don't, then I won't. It's like it's like working out. If you don't go to the gym, you're probably not going to work out at home. So you <laughs> yeah. just you just gotta you just gotta do it, and you just gotta do it consistently. Yeah. And um, that's uh, that's my goal with the two-hour track challenge is just to make something, even if it's not great, and sometimes it's not. <laughs> but um, it's you still made something, and that's the important part. Mm-hmm. So. And then I imagine, I mean, that gives you a library for your own yes. work, but also for contract work, and yep. right? Yep, yep. I actually um, offer a lot of those songs on my Patreon, mm-hmm. um, so that like supporting the Patreon will get you like a hundred, a hundred songs uh, from the current library, as well as some extras and, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I, I try to offer a lot of my music for free. Mm-hmm. I have I have other libraries on itch.io that are free that I try to um, offer because it's important. It's valuable to have those kind of resources available because some yeah. people get sick of Incompetex stuff. His stuff is great. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like all the music he has, he has like thousands of songs in his yeah. libraries, but you hear it everywhere. Yeah, right? Right, right. And that's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. good for him, but it's like, sometimes you want something that's been, that hasn't been played so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, in, you know, I'm a solo developer as well mm-hmm. and I've, I've, I do music and I do the mm-hmm. art. And so a lot of times I, when people say like, "Oh, I just I couldn't find any music for this," I'm like, "Well, just make it yourself." And I'm like, "Oh, right, like not not everyone." <laughs> what are you doing? Just make it. Well, I, I don't it's mean that, hard. I don't mean that not everyone's great yeah, at everything. Yeah, no, or, I, I just mean that like I am happy with my middling effort yeah. before I will take someone else's. 
which is like sometimes a bad attitude. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't help me, uh-huh. but, um, but yeah, I forget that like either. I think it's, it is so valuable to have like a work out there that people can use leverage, yeah. make derivative works of, yeah. uh, will Tice, uh, offers, uh, t- uh pixel tile sets, another yeah. local developer. Yeah. Will's he does great. a similar thing and it's just, I'm, I'm so, I'm in awe of, of the fact that you guys can do that, that you can take pieces of work and then you offer it to others, yeah. which is not a mode I'm familiar with. Cause I'm so, I'm so in my own head. I'm used to like just making it all myself. I just assume everyone else does too. <laughs> and like, if it's not great, whatever it's, it doesn't have to be, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed by that. Yeah. And, and you still have time to really knock out a game in only two years. <laughs> only two years. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that sharing that stuff is super valuable. Yeah. Um, because, and this is something that a lot of people, it ruffles a lot of people's feathers, but exposure does have a lot of value. Yeah. And I think that it's important to share that kind of stuff because it gives you exposure. There's been so many times where I get contacted by a developer or, or somebody who makes like small movies or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I, I, I used your free loops for like my first project, but now I'm, I'm doing my real project now. Yeah. And, you know, I really like the work that you did. Do you want to work with me? And commission some music for this. Right, so right. it's like it's again, it's it's the long, it's it's thinking out in the long term. Where sure you're not going to get money or whatever for this right away, but it's something where you will get some people coming back to you and and who who want to work with you, who like what what you do because they wouldn't use your music or whatever if they didn't like it. Yeah, so. and like you say, it ruffles people's feathers because that idea yeah. of like working for exposure is yeah. such a toxic idea. But you're doing it on your terms, yes, yes. not someone else's. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's, that's the real difference, right? And that's that's the huge difference. Where if if you are working for exposure on somebody else's terms, you need to run away. Yeah, like yeah. period. There's there's no reason for you to work with that person. But if um, if you are able to determine the value of that exposure and make an informed decision, then you should you know you should explore it. Like right. exposure is not a dirty word. Right, right. And also, it's not the only reason you do it. Right? Exactly. It's almost a side yeah. effect of why you do it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I, I would be making this music anyway, but now, I, <laughs> now I'm able to share it with people in a way that will actually benefit them and me. Yeah. So it's like, why not? <laughs> nice. Very good. Yeah. You have, the game is also on Itch, right? Uh, the demo. The demo, the demo was, was on, on Itch. Itch. Oh, yeah. you don't sell it on Itch? I do not. Okay. I, I wanted to limit myself right away. Um, like eventually I want to try to get it on Xbox and PlayStation and Switch and all yeah. that other stuff but I'm, I'm trying to take it one step at a time because sure. there's no rush like uh, the game will still be there in a year for better or worse so um, yeah I, I my, my quote unquote marketing strategy was to um, basically I released the demo on itch and that was free mm-hmm. and that gave me uh, people who were interested in the game and that actually gave me a couple beta testers as well some people who wanted to uh, test the full game which was which was nice because one of those people was a speedrunners or was a speedrunner, so he found a lot of bugs for me. Hey, nice! <laughs> yeah, speedrunners are very good at finding bugs. If you want to, uh, that's a that's a good game dev tip. If you want to find a lot of bugs in your game, uh, have a speedrunner beta test it. <laughs> Is there a reason why um, you decided to release it on Steam instead of Itch? Um, Steven's very upset with you. No, oh. <laughs> um, mostly because of personal pride. Like sure. I, Steam is one, of, or it was, you know, these days with after post Greenlight World, um, <laughs> Steam is not as uh, as of a prominent library as yeah. it used to be. But it was one of those things where it's like I Steam. I grew up with Steam. Like yeah. it's been around for fourteen years now or something. I can't remember when Half Life Two came out. Um, a long time. 
Long time. It, it's yeah. been around for a long time. It's been for a long part of that, like a gold standard of if your game is on Steam, then you made it, quote unquote. Yeah, that's right. true. So it's like it was one of those things where I wanted to feel like, you know, I did it. I did it. It's all me. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually I'll I probably will put it on itch. Okay. And I like I said, I want to get it on consoles as well too. Because I think yeah. it's a really good, you know, console game. Like I can see it on the Switch. Oh that yeah. Makes, yeah. How many people have come up to you and said this would be perfect on the Switch? Uh, not many, but people want it on mobile, which I think is insane. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. I can't, I can't imagine the game. They must not have heard of this. With, well, <laughs> with, with like touch controls yeah. for that. There's no like physical response. Right. Like if, if enough people say it, I, I'm more than happy to try yeah. to get it on like Android or iPhone or something. But I, I really worry about the lack of responsiveness with touch controls. All right, let me, let me pitch it to you. Precision um, platformer game. Design 20 levels that can be done as an auto runner. Oh, so it's Super so Meat Boy forever. So it's yeah, so it's just one tap. I think that would be really fun with yeah. that game. Yeah, that's what Super Meat Boy did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. they they basically turned it into an auto runner. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's what Super Meat Boy Forever is. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think I, you're right. Yeah. yeah, I know Mario did the same thing. Yep, like right. the, the iOS uh, Mario game mm-hmm. was basically just a runner, and you just tap to jump. Yeah, which is fine. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But you're not you're not buying into. You don't think that would work for your game? It might in that context where you only yeah. have one button. Yes. Instead of just the left and right controls, you're always just moving. Right. That could work. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. I'm, I'm against virtual D pads. Yeah. Don't, I don't. I'm not. It's I mean, just, they always seem like a good idea, and you try it out, and you're like, you know what? This, this it's is just ideal. too mushy. And yeah. the the problem with the precision platformer is you need precision, right. and <laughs> you, you can't do that with with a touchpad. Right. right. Um, so a lot of people ask when it's coming out on mobile, and I I don't just like completely shut it down, but I just don't. I I just need to try it. It's one of those things where I need to take a weekend, and mm-hmm. I just need to figure out how to port to a APK file, like yeah. an Android file, mm-hmm. and just and just see if it works. Well, there's a big theme in what you've been talking about just this last section, which is that. Like you post it on Steam for the sort of emotional rewards, right? <laughs> yeah. And and that's and that's the thing. I mean, really, like because you can't guarantee financial success. You yeah. don't expect it. The, your resources are low, and so you do things that make you happy, mm-hmm. and that's one of them. And then you yeah. don't try to do a simultaneous release on all platforms oh, because that's more stress than happy. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. say it's going to be around in a year, and maybe then, and then. Yeah. So I think that's a really good attitude because it, that can keep you from going insane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like you said, like maybe I'll that. put it on mobile, I'll try it sometime, but yeah. it doesn't sound, it sounds like you're motivated in as much as it's a good idea, but yeah. not because you feel obligated to do anything. Yeah. I think yeah. that's really healthy. Yeah, and that goes back to not pleasing everybody. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's just like, as much as I would like to listen to all the people who want it on Android, I I, I listen to it, but it's, it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Yeah, right. I, I want to try like at some point i want to make android games just because it it seems neat yeah and maybe porting it to android was is the good experience where i don't have to make a game i can just learn how to move it to a a mobile device right so and that's that's the other thing you try to learn one thing at a time Mm -hmm. um instead of going overboard and that goes really back to the level design of color jumper where you you the each level teaches you one thing yeah and um it doesn't try to overwhelm you with like learning four different mechanics at the same time yeah, learning one thing at a time is so valuable. Awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, what's you've got a couple of the sort of takeaways, the big learnings. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything like big that you learned through the process of making and releasing this game? And what did it teach you about what you're going to do next time? Uh, it takes a lot longer than you expect. And I think everybody <laughs> knows that, though. So well, I you, have, you still have to learn it every time, yeah, right? Yeah, you do yeah. have to learn it. It's like the the last ten percent is another ninety percent, and the yep. last ten percent of that is another ninety percent. It just it just keeps it. It feels like that. It's not that though. Right, like the right. the the game took probably a year to make 
like fully, like for the demo. And then after that, you know, life got busy. So I wasn't able to work on it every, every day. I think there was like a month or two where I just didn't work on it at all. And then, you know, I, I built out the full game and that felt like another 90%, even though it really wasn't. Yeah. And then building the steam and doing the marketing and all this other stuff, it's like that felt like another 90%. It really wasn't, but it just, it just feels so monumental every time you just try to tackle this new facet of the game. There's no, there's no real end point, it feels like sometimes. <laughs> but it's like just being patient and making lists and just understanding that you can't do everything at the same time you just have to focus on one thing at a time right and um like the the agile methodology is is so valuable being Mm -hmm. like okay i have roughly 20 hours a week to work on this how can i uh uh, set aside time what should i focus on what takes roughly 20 hours what can i add in that amount of time right is that a process you had from jump or did you learn that as you go and adapt to it um i started doing the agile process Probably about a year ago, okay. uh, just for my creative output in general, because mm-hmm. I do the YouTube stuff, I do the two-hour trek challenge, I have commission projects, I have all this other stuff going on. Right, where um, I just needed some way to organize it. And there's a article from the Video Game Music Academy, which basically talks about the agile process for creative people. And uh, I read that, and I was like, that seems like a good idea. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I started using it, and I haven't been completely up on it every week, but I try to, I make the board public, so it, there's a little bit of accountability there. Not that really anybody goes to it, but <laughs> trello.abstractionmusic.com. Um, <laughs> the, but I uh, I try to I try to be uh, accountable with it. I try to put new stuff in it every week. I try to knock that stuff out every week, and mm-hmm. it's just... It's a process, and it's one of those things where you can see your backlog. Then you can see all the stuff that you want to do, but you have all this other stuff that you need to do first. So it's it's valuable in that because you can look into the future a little bit more and better understand what you're going to get yourself into. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. So what's the next game? Um, I have a couple ideas. Like I said, I wrote down a bunch of ideas because I didn't want to start a new game while I was working on Color Jumper because right. then I would never finish Color Jumper. Um, there's, uh, the initial game, the first game that I actually wanted to make was a uh, super crate box kind of clone. It, so basically just a little run and gun game. Um, because I, it, at this point I want to, I want to want to make it because it helps teach me how to better create sprites in unity, how uh-huh. to, um, do, uh, object pools for like bullets and stuff like that. And, um, just kind of understanding how, all, all more of the Unity stuff works because I was very focused on some very specific things in Unity. Color Jumper is a very mechanical game. Determining whether or not the walls are solid and and everything was was hundreds of lines of code <laughs> and lots and lots of bug fixing. There's um there's that and uh, there's a uh, like a single screen brawler that I was thinking of um, at some point. Okay. So I I was talking about how you guys test a multiplayer game and I have no idea how to do that by myself. Um, the, the guy <laughs> you, that does... You kind of can't. You think yeah. you can, but you can't. No, yeah. no. <laughs> the, the guy that comes to play test that does Flailure, um, I think he's a solo dev too, so I need to talk to him about how he kind of does that mm-hmm. because there's uh, there's some questions I have because it's, it's a similar game to that with, with some different twists in it. Sure, um, sure. And then there's, there's like a roguelite that I wanted to do and, you know, a bunch of other random ideas that I yeah. have so there's there's a lot of ideas but 
I don't have. You're 30, in that culling phase. Yeah, I don't have like 30 years to make all of them. So right, right. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, that's that's an exciting thing, right? You haven't committed anything, so yeah. it could be anything right now. Yeah, it could be. Right, but it's also scary. It's because also yeah, it's also once, scary because I don't know what to do next. <laughs> Is it going to be good? Should I just work on Color Jumper for the rest of my life? <laughs> <laughs> and once you commit to all those other ones, go back in the drawer. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So all the other ones you come up with over the next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the nicer thing is is now I'm familiar with Unity and how that works. So yeah. the whole process of making a game will be a lot faster. Right. And I hope it make, I hope it goes a lot faster. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the fear. Where it's going to take another two years to make another simple game. It's great. We'll have you back like six years from now. Yeah, you'll be like I. I know I said it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the beard is all gray. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, hey. Um, where can our listeners find you? You mentioned a couple of places where yes. you are on the internet, uh, but maybe give us the pitch. I will give you the pitch. Yes. Uh, Twitter is the best way to get in touch with me. If you ever wanted to talk with me, I talk about literally anything, uh, music, creativity, uh, game dev, art, whatever. I, I have a background. I went to college for graphic design, so I, I have a, an idea of art in general. <laughs> I don't use that as much as I do with the music and the other stuff, but, um, I'm more than happy to talk about any of that stuff. That's uh, Twitter, uh, Ben underscore Burns, B-U-R-N-E-S. Um, my YouTube channel is the same, just Ben Burns, B-U-R-N-E-S. It's Ben underscore Burns, I'm sorry. So it's twitter.com slash Ben underscore Burns. YouTube, Ben underscore Burns. Um, Patreon, like I mentioned, uh, the Patreon campaign. For a dollar a month, you get over 100 songs uh, to use in your any of your creative projects. It's all, um, I think it's CC or attribution or whatever. Mm-hmm. Basically, you can use it uh, in your projects with with just with attribution. Nice. So there's that. Um, and then twitch.tv slash Ben underscore Burns is where I stream. So any, any of those works just fine. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, just go on Twitter and message me. And also, go on Steam and buy Color Jumper. Oh yeah, well there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> So cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's thanks, Ben, for coming yeah, in and enlightening you. us. It's been, I feel inspired a little bit <laughs> by your experience and your attitude. It's very, I, I hope listeners uh, are as excited about that as I well. Yeah, you got to stay positive. Yeah, there's there's sure. no reason to get bummed, about, bummed out about this kind of stuff. You just got to keep, keep working on it. Right, it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, it's, it's creative stuff. It, it should be fun. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be a business, especially as a solo dev or a small indie studio. You should be doing this stuff for the passion, not yeah. for the paycheck. Right, like, right. I mean, it sucks if you don't have a job and you, you need you need money, but I don't know. It's 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 hard to it's hard to not like just have fun with this kind of stuff and just kind of just do your best and keep learning. You always gotta learn. All right, that's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club and your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or a nice like us. We need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too. Ben, will you tell all your friends too? I will. Fantastic. Yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, hit us up on the feedback form. Stephen, where can they find that? Nicegames.club slash feedback. You know, statistically... Zero point zero 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 one two people are going to do it, but yes. like we might we might get lucky this week. Maybe we'll see. Maybe uh, so check that out. We also hear directly from you as well. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find more about the show, your nice host, our nice guest, as well as all the links and notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. And so until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 